Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, welcome, bienvenue, konnichiwa. Ni hao. Uh, ni hao. <laughs> it's Amish Inquisition, episode 122 on Sunday the 8th of March. I'm Amish Phil. I'm Amish Ben. I'm Amish Matt. And this week in the studio, we've got a special guest. We've got probably the, f- the sharpest dressed philosopher in the <laughs> Northwest <laughs> and the founder of Astronism, Kometan. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Nice for, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. Mm. Uh, originally, we were going to do this over the, the uh, magic of internet, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, we were, but then I thought it's probably better if I come in and uh, speak to you guys in person because then you'll probably get a better understanding of what I've got to say and my message. And Well, know, it was so. keeping me up at night. <laughs> but really? Me, oh, my gosh. Yeah, really? Oh, a, wow. That's a technical that's, nightmare. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, so I'm glad <laughs> we appreciate yeah. you coming down. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, now, if people to want it. to see you in person... Mm-hmm. They need to go to pen with them, don't they? they do, we've yes. got a live lecture coming up. Yes, so on the uh, Sunday 3rd of May, I am doing a lecture at Penwitham Arts Centre on Liverpool Road. Uh, and this is going to be the first time where I'm actually publicly talking in a lecture uh, about astronism, about what I've been through, uh, what I'm doing, um and sort of my research in religion and philosophy. So it's um, it's going to be two hours, I think, or maybe maybe two and a half hours actually uh, in total. And it's going to be sort will of a there, mixture. Will there be an intermission? There will be an intermission. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, they're going to need it to be honest because like, there's like quite heavy stuff in the first <laughs> hour. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and then um, there'll be like a sort of open question. Debate at Q&A. The yeah, Q&A, yeah, definitely cool. get people involved, get people <clears throat> challenging what I've got to say, because that's mm-hmm. what it's all about, you know, I'm, at the end of the day I'm a philosopher, so uh, it's all about the debate really, so that's okay. what I've come here for today. So. Well the whole point <laughs> is so questioning everything, isn't it? Of course it? it is, yeah, that's right, yeah, and I, d- I do, and I question myself sometimes, you know, and sometimes I think with the way that I'm presented on online, people don't think that I question myself, but of course I do. You know, I question everything I do. So, um, you know, because I am a philosopher at the end of the day. And What are like the, yeah. the main themes you're going to be going through on uh, at the event? Uh, well, I'm going to be focusing firstly on um, my research for my dissertation. So I'm doing a master's at the moment and I'm going to be writing, well, I'm, I'm already started writing my dissertation, uh, which is due in for, for August. Um, and this will centre on my sort of um, my account of history, but from a religion and astronomy perspective, mm. and sort of exploring how those two things have interacted throughout history. Uh, so going right back to the Stone Age, uh, g- going all the way through different civilizations. Uh, so it's a it's a huge topic. Uh, I won't be able to do everything. <laughs> Uh, sorry, uh, but um, you know, I'm going to attempt to to sort of make it understandable for for you know someone who's not a religious scholar or a student of it. So 
you know, but that's going to be really important to what astronism becomes and what astronism is. It's important to sort of our identity as a new religious movement and philosophy. So um, it's important for me to sort of understand, really, where, where the roots, where it's are. come from. Yeah, yeah, because it's not just come from me. Uh, it has sort <clears> of a, a lineage before me. Um, I mean, the word itself hasn't, but sort of the ideas behind it are much more ancient than, than myself, obviously. So so just in uh, in 30 seconds, why, explain, what is astronism? Yeah, no, I always get this, and I am getting better at briefly uh, explaining what it is. Uh, in a nutshell, it is a mixture between religion and philosophy. So, and we can talk about what that means and if that's even possible. Um, but yeah, it's a mixture between those two things. And its central belief is that we can receive and that we do receive sort of a spirituality, a, a purpose, um, a, a connection um, or life meaning through the stars, through um, astronomical observation, through space exploration, through sort of any type of interaction with the stars, if you will. Um, so that that's its central premise, um, and that informs our worldview, uh, which we can have, we can chat about as well. Um, but obviously, beyond that, there are a huge variety of other beliefs and schools of thought that are developing. Um, but yeah. Centrally, that's what it is. It, it's it's not looking towards God necessarily, uh, and again, we can talk about that. They've got a lot to talk about, but it's not necessarily looking towards God for sort of purpose or meaning or um, guidance, if you will. It's 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 looking towards space. It's looking to sort of where we've come from. And again, another topic we can talk about is how that plays in, how that sort of interacts with science. Uh, that's a really interesting area that um, is in debate at the moment within mm-hmm. sort of our community and sort of who we are. So, yeah, there's loads to talk about, but generally that is sort of how we um, sort of identify ourselves on a very fundamental, basic level. Well, sort cool. of identifying our place within the cosmos and how we relate to it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we've got a very different way of sort of viewing... Uh, humanity um, basically I mean do you want me to just sort of go into sort of the worldview a little bit yeah maybe? why not yeah I mean we follow what what's called cosmocentrism so um, there is a bit of debate as to where that origins of that word come from uh, but I've defined it as like what I've just said to you so focusing your beliefs your practices your um, ideas and sort of life purpose on the cosmos on space um so obviously that means that it's not theocentric so like christianity would be theocentric um and so because of that sort of the role of humanity within astronism is sort of put to one side so humanity really in in a way because we're so looking up to the stars and it's all up there it's not down here the answers aren't down here the answers to existence are up there. Um, it can sort of feel sometimes like we're nothing. We're like, insignificant. Yeah. 
And so it's, it is very interesting as to sort of the role of humanity in astronism, and that's still developing. I'm still writing about that. Um, but that is sort of the general worldview, is, is this cosmocentrism and how that sort of, um, in a way, how that sort of, um, what would be the word, counteracts maybe past worldviews of other religions and how that contrasts with those which are actually quite anthropocentric actually yeah so human-centric so like christianity is you know the idea that god came to us the idea that god came to in obviously in the form of jesus came to this planet out of all the other planets in this you know it's, it's very it's very human-centric and so you know we're sort of the total opposite to that it's not just because it was written, written by humans. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. Of course it is, yeah. Um, you know, it, I mean, there are elements of astronism that could be said as, as human-centric. Obviously, it's going to be human-centric. You I was know, gonna some say elements are, but we try and make it as cosmocentric as possible, you know. But, yeah, yeah we made it, so obviously, you were, you, know. you were saying you weren't sure about where humanity fits in. Yeah. I was wondering if we would end up as top dogs again, or it might be some other, <laughs> some other some species. Other species. Well, yeah, and again, like, um, you know, sort of the role of uh, extraterrestrial life is also interesting with astronism. Again, there's, there's so much to explore there. I mean, really, I've... For myself, I've opened up like Pandora's box, really. And sort of all these new ideas have just sort of come out. And, um, you know, I've got to now explore all these different topics that have come about mm -hmm. because of the founding of astronism. So, you know, it's it's I've got a real challenge, really, to, to try and sort of define some of the things that we've been talking about already. You know, when I say, oh, there's loads to talk about here, I really do mean it. There's a lot of debates to be had about, you know, the role of humanity, uh, humanity of the future. Uh, and again, I'm going to be, just going back to the lecture, I'm going to be talking as well about the future of religion. Uh, the actual lecture title is Astronism and the Future of Religion. So, you know, I, I want to sort of try and understand what the role of religion is and try and convey that in the future so yeah <laughs> it seems to <laughs> me that <laughs> one way to combat the potential pitfall of nihilism yes uh, in modern uh mechanistic mm. atheistic the yes. uh sort of mindsets is that there's there is something pretty unique about our species and our brain yeah. is like the most complex thing we know of in the universe. In the universe, yeah. We are quite special. Of course we are, Maybe yeah. that's why Jesus came. Yeah, maybe that is, yeah. <laughs> you know. Maybe it is, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I suppose you could say that's one of... I mean, I wouldn't say, call it a downfall of astronism, but, you know, maybe we don't focus on humanity enough. You know, we are quite... Although we do... Uh, another central belief is that, you know, we do believe that... Um, humanity's destiny if you will is to explore space you know we believe that that is our destiny as a sentient sort of civilization <clears throat> to explore space we have the ability to explore space or we will have we're coming up to the ability to explore space mm -hmm. so you know we should do you know it's like it's sort of more of a uh, a moral thing yeah we should be doing that you know we should want to know more we should want to discover where we've come from you know, so yeah, definitely. But also, 
Well, yeah, like you said, you know, we are up to this point unique from what we know. Obviously, we believe that there is life on other planets, which we can get to. But mm. um, from what we know right now, yeah, we are unique. Um, there is no one else like us. But I think that opens up so many other questions, doesn't it? Mm. You know, it, the, I think the overarching question that maybe all philosophers want to try and answer is why are we here or you know what is the purpose to this yep. if there needs to be a purpose but we can get into that and you know obviously we believe our purpose or, or finding that purpose is is you know up in the stars that's that's, that's where we're going to find it you know we're not going to find it sat here on earth are we you know we, we could well, through <laughs> through exploration through observation perhaps mm. but we what can only know it? so much being sat here or what know, about through it internal uh, it's more spiritual yeah. maybe or yeah yeah i think it's more like buddhist it. sort of you know yeah enlightenment, okay. that yeah. kind of thing as, yeah. as being an, an alternative path yeah to, um, I mean, f- that's a very individual thing, I suppose. Though, yes, isn't it, it is. Rather than a, yeah, a movement. Yes, definitely. Um, I think there is possibility for that. You know, I mean, I've I've had my own experiences that, depending on how much you've read about me, you'll know about those. Um, you know, and I, and and there are elements of astronomy. This is why we're coming back to why it's a religion as well. There are elements of that in astronomy. It's not devoid of a spiritual mystical um sort of inner contemplative side to it so that's what that's where the religious element comes into it um so yeah definitely the the i think it needs both you know i think it needs sort of that inner um sort of finding yourself and in inner self both individually and individually and collectively but then also more of a physical looking outward ascendance or you know right. into space you know physical so yeah there's two aspects to it so do um as a rule do astronauts believe in uh, a deity or a supreme being or this is interesting God's a, not a nice uh, not a it's a difficult world word to use really it is yeah because there's lots of other connotations to it because you're, you're drawing in morality there as well when you think about God, aren't you, rather than just a deity. Um, it's interesting. Well, we do have astronist theology. So there is a theology of astronism, um, but it's very, at this stage, quite ambiguous. Um, I've written extensively in my book on what we call the divine, which is a is a is our conception of of sort of the uncaused first cause if you will mm-hmm. um the number one yeah yeah unity, unity yeah yeah, all that yeah stuff. but it's it's totally not anything like the christian god or or anything no. like that you know it's uh i mean we can get into that but but we do treat theology again philosophically we're not saying, oh, this is a dogma. You've got to believe it. We, we this is where the philosophical side comes in. It's, it's it. You'll, as I begin to talk more, you'll sort of understand the balance that we try and get between religious elements and philosophical elements. But um, we we explore theology, yeah, as a serious as a serious topic, um, and there is a theology there for people to to engage with. 
Um, it's fully developed. It's got its own ideas and, and new beliefs, if you will. Um, but again, it's not um, essential. Um, what is essential is what I've just told you about. You know, you've got to have that feeling within yourself. That's something I didn't say, actually, was, um, you know, really what Astrid is based on is on a feeling. It's it's when you go outside at night in your garden or whatever and you look up at the stars and you feel something religious, you feel something spiritual, you feel something philosophical or deeper than just how science views it. So there's that's a, the difference between... I can't remember what it is, but it's when you... When you it's intuition. I, it, I think everyone's had it, where you... You, you have that realization that you of your own insignificance. It's, yes, on, on it's called awe. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's one, one word for it. Yeah. I was thinking of scientific. So. Yeah, but I'm yeah. guessing you're you're tying this into quite. Would I be right in saying you're tying yes. this into um, sort of hard science as well? So would you? Yes. When you said that the uncaused first cause, mm. which is something a lot of people who are interested in philosophy mm. will recognise. Yes. Um, a lot of people would tie that to the like the singularity of the Big Bang. Yes. So that's why I said that the concept of what we call the divine is very broad. So it, it, it could be that. Um, I mean, we can... And again, there's a cosmology of astronism, which we can get into. Uh, there's an eschatology. So talking about what happens when we die... Uh, it's all developed, but it's it is continuing to evolve as we speak. Literally, um, you know, every day there are new elements that are being uh, drawn into it. Um, so this is something that's happening right now. Um, but but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it is something similar to to that. You could say. Um, but that's, again, that's sort of as far back as we can look scientifically. Yeah, isn't it? scientifically. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the cosmology, um, you know, we sort of look beyond that. I mean, we can get into that if you wish. Mm. You know, we can we can look at sort of how we view sort of our place, sort of in existence as in general. It does go very deep, but we can do that if you wish. Um, we're fairly so, deep, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, okay then. So, basically, in astronism, we we believe that... Hang on, comment on. I've, yes. I've picked up on this a few yeah. times. Oh, yeah. I've say we, we, as in I we the on. astronists. How, yes. how many are you? Well, it, it's quite difficult to... to uh, we're, we're constantly trying to um, get a number of how many people... Um, we're in every country pretty much because I class people who have emailed me and, and just from different countries who've shown at least an interest or some sort of um, acknowledgement, you know, that, yeah, they do feel when they look up to the stars in sort of a religion, they, they do relate that to their religion in some way. Right. Uh, so the classification of it is very, very complicated. Um, but we're not recognised officially in any countries yet so again that does um 
that doesn't really allow for us to get hard stats. No sense, um, no sense but it will definitely be sort of in the hundreds of thousands, definitely, right. because wow. of the amount of followers that we've got on social media and everything we do with our websites. If you, I don't know if you've looked on our social media at all. Yeah, or, yeah and our websites. We've got quite an extensive group of website networks mm. and, <laughs> and YouTube channels and all this other stuff that we're constantly adding to. Um, you know, not all of, of those followers will be astronists or would consider themselves astronists, but you know, a, a good portion of the portion of them will. Uh, and I'm receiving emails all the time from people, you know, who just want to get in contact of, mm. of all different ages, which is really interesting as well. You know, it's not just the young, there are sort of, um, sort of older people interested in it as well. Cause I think that's one thing that people always think of is, oh, it's more of like a, you know, old people are sort of stuck in the row, in the ways. And I've sort of seen a difference to that, you know, that a lot of them are actually quite open and quite, you know, want to sort of explore these things, you know. So well, it's, there's, it's quite there's good, no really. doubt that the traditional religions yeah. are on the decline. Definitely. And a lot of mm-hmm. people, I mean, there's, there's scandals going on constantly, whether it's there the is. Catholic Church or... Yeah pick your poison yeah. and obviously people will get disenchanted with them won't they mm-hmm. when they hear enough about that so of course they do yeah i guess uh, people are looking for something new aren't yes they? yeah and obviously i hope that astronism is that for them um you know at this stage you know we are sort of you could say unorganized at this stage or attempting to be organized um so yeah we don't have sort of all this sort of baggage you could say behind us where we you know um but as i was saying just before the we started there is a lineage there that goes back a long long time that's from i'd like i'd like to talk about the history of uh, astronomy and the foundations of religion because it's something i'm I'm really interested in yeah so should we go to cosmology first or history first what should we uh, let's let's skirt around the cosmology okay right okay no yeah that's good Uh, yeah no i like to explain it and the more i explain it to different people the clearer it becomes in my mind as well because when you write things down Sometimes they're different to how you say them. So um, basically in astronism, we believe that um, we we call what you would say the universe, we call that the cosmos. So we don't, again, the terminology is different. So we call that the cosmos. So what started at the Big Bang and is continuing today and everything we know is the cosmos. And what I interpreted from just existence is that everything's limited that, that nothing, even the even the Big Bang, we know that it had a beginning or that it started or, you know, I find that fascinating how we are able to, you know, little old us on this, on this earth, you know, haven't even probably left the earth yet. And we know how, well, we think we know <laughs> how, how uh, old the universe is, which I think is brilliant, you know. But the fact that we know how old it is means that it's limited in some way. You know, and the fact that it's expanding again, it's it's limited in that sense. It's expanding into what? <laughs> well, yeah, not at the end. Yeah. So from that, we believe, and and we and sort of understand the word cosmic to mean limited. Actually, that's that's how we understand that word. Um, that's the differences in definition. Um, so yeah, we, we consider everything to be to be limited. So for the fact that we won't be able to leave this cosmos, for example, 
Uh, we'd never be able to get in a rocket and and actually fly past the the, the periphery, if you will. That's of, what of I was going to ask. The sorry. cosmos. Yes. Is, sorry. Um, would you think? Um, there's a possibility there's, there's other universes, well, other realities. That's what we're coming to. So, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, you, you you're Because right I suppose the other thing is, yeah. is if it's yeah. all limited, that's something that I've kind of thought of yes. in the past. Yeah. Everything has a beginning and an end. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. We're all recycled and born from stars and all the rest yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it a limit then to the number of possible realities? Well, what I sort of gathered from that was. Um, so the universe is, is expanding and it's actually accelerating. We know that, don't mm-hmm. we? That it's that it's accelerating in it, in its expansion. But then the question always arises: What's it expanding into? You know, yeah. what is it expanding into? Mm-hmm. And so, to sort of as the cosmology was developing, I thought, well, it's got to be expanding into something, and that something to me would have to be possibly an infinite realm perhaps mm. which we might disagree on but this is where we're heading in in the cosmology of astronism uh and what we call that place is the universe so we call that the universe okay. so whatever is beyond uh, so this cosmos right, okay. so whatever w- this cosmos is expanding mm. into the universe. Obviously, I don't know this, but this is just going on. Obviously oh, no, not. Your but, but this is just my philosophical. Yeah. I'm just going by logic. I'm just going by reason. Okay. You know, I'm just. I'm just thinking. Well, if we're expanding at such a rate, and we're accelerating in that, what are we expanding into? So that's where that came about. And then, obviously, from that, if something is infinite, if this space beyond the cosmos is infinite then it should in theory be able to have an infinite amount of cosmoses which is where we come to the multiverse theory but we actually call it the omniverse uh just because the multiverse suggests that it's limited there's a limited (laughs) amount of them so instead we call it omniverse instead which uh i think actually existed before before I used it as a word, but um, that's oh, what we refer Omni to that. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, so, omniverse is sort of the infinite collection of cosmoses. So, yes, in astronism, the that's how we interpret, um, you know, the universe and and you know on on that logic, if you will. So, where does the divine play into that? Well, um, I mean, again. This is interpretative, but um, I I believe that... So, obviously, if something's infinite, so we're saying that the universe is infinite, yeah, beyond this cosmos, that whatever that is out there is infinite. Um, and again, if we're going along this line of logic that it's infinite, it can't have been created then. So it can't have been created if it's infinite. Can there not be an infinite amount of gods? Deities? Well... I don't know, possibly. Um, but if we're just going along this line, that this line of logic of that it's that it's that it's infinite, then it can't have been created. So, how did it come about? Well, it's always existed. So, in that sense, we don't really need the concept of God. In in that sense, because ultimately, then we're sort of a. 
uh, we're going along the lines of like Hinduism, possibly, yeah, and, and going down say, yeah. that road a little bit. You, you know, we're in sort existence? of in, in, in <laughs> infinite sort of existence beyond mm. our limited existence. So, um, but then also I thought, and this is where the divine comes in, or the concept of a God, um, what's sustaining everything? What is keeping, what, it, what, we come back to the big bang, what, what sort of triggered that? What is sustaining these, this, um, everything? What is, what is sustaining well, each of you, these cosmoses? Yeah, I was and say, so that's where sort of this concept of a sustainer comes into it or some type of, um, you know, person who, or, or entity, if you will, that is, making things run as they well, are you know the very so, the very fact you have multiple different cosmoses in, yeah, this, in yeah. this theory within yes. something that may or may not be infinite or you know bound yes the cosmoses themselves cosmoses yeah yeah cosmoses <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, by word. definition <laughs> must be bound by something well that's what i was thinking yeah infinite nothing correct yeah because obviously that infinite nothingness um that can't really does would that have the function to you know to sustain each of these cosmoses probably not so that's where the concept so of the divine have to come into, into it each somewhere other? how would they leak into each other would it be cosmosis no well all oh, right yeah we can come Sorry. to that yeah we can you can come to that concept well, would in it, a minute. Would it, yeah. uh, no as an aside but would these would no. these cosmoses they wouldn't I don't they wouldn't interact so. with each other at no. all no i don't think so i don't think so i because they're limited and, and what there's a word for that it's called transcosmization which is a word that i've created to to sort of un, this idea that you can sort of get beyond the cosmos that you could get beyond it. That that's what that that process would be called if you could do that. But because everything within the cosmos is limited, you can't leave it. So we can't leave this cosmos or anything within it, or even the cosmos itself. So it's almost they'd like never a be able to touch because it's like yeah, Hotel California. It, 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 <laughs> never they, they'd never be able to interact because the space between them is infinite. Mm. Yeah, ev- yes, yes. You know even I mean? if there's an so, infinite amount of cosmoses, the space is still infinite between yes, those two. So they can it? never infinite. interact. So that's why um, that's why you can't. <laughs> so, yeah, that's sort of the gist of it, really. Um, uh, but, yeah, hopefully it's... I feel like it's kind of watertight, really, logically. I mean, there the could be holes in it, but that's sort of our conception of, you know... The beyond. Well, the, the idea is you put yeah. it out there and then, you know, bring us some holes, I guess. And that's where the well, your, yeah, your, that's your, right. um, your conversation That's where it develops, of course it does. And that's mm. that's the whole point of it. You know, the if reason, yeah. yeah, the reason why I'm, I'm sort of beginning now, because uh, I started this when I was 15, you know, so it's been like seven years. I'm nearly 22 now. Um, so the only yeah. reason why now I'm starting to, you know, talk about it more is because I want people to, you know, not attack, but because <laughs> I do get a lot of attacks. I do, yes, I get my fair share. But constructive, you know, maybe this concept doesn't really work well or, you know, oh, I found a hole here or a gap here, you know. So do you do you take that on board and, and modify your view or, or do you stand against it? 
Uh, it would depend, really. I mean, if I found a hole in what they were saying, then I probably wouldn't. But if it's if it's there is a process that um, is developing right now, where um, astronism will sort of bring in new ideas and and um, reformulate itself in a way um, to to those new ideas. If they are accepted, it wouldn't be something um, you know just off the cuff like oh yeah they've said that so we'll change everything now it wouldn't be that it'd have to go through serious um a process you know a process that any organization would look at and think right okay this guy said this he's written it down he's spoken about it you know is it is it a serious um amendment to 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 our theory like a scientist would peer peer review yeah like a a scientist would have to change their theory you know so that again, that's how it's a philosophy, not just a religion. Because okay. uh, cosmology is in religion. I mean, you could laugh at what some religions see as cosmology, but uh, they do have their own cosmologies. So it is a religious subject as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the approach we take is philosophical, and that's the difference. You know, we're not saying that this is we're not saying this is true, and that's the difference. Right. We're saying that this is a theory, and we're saying that that it's logical to us, you know, if you can find holes in that logic, by all means. Uh, but obviously a traditional religion would say, this is true. This is mm-hmm. So truth, I could yeah. come in here tonight and say, this is true and you've got to believe it to be part of astronism or even you've just got to believe it, you know. Believe it if you think it's logical. Yeah. You know, believe it if you think it's rational. Because that's the only way that it'll stand up and that, mm. that's the only way that it'll stand the test of time in today's world. Maybe if I came out with this 2,000 years ago, everyone would been like, oh my gosh, you know. Burn him! Yeah, 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 yeah probably. But in today's world, involved. yeah, definitely. But um, Give him the bolts. <laughs> yeah, but obviously in today's world of science, you know, and, and hopefully bringing back more philosophy, we hope, um, you know, yeah, it's all about. I think most that, people listening yeah. wouldn't think that you're saying anything controversial. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, I mean, I've I've obviously thought about this as you probably can tell for quite a long time and written about it. Sorry, um, you know, and and in the Omnidoxy, which is the book that I've written, um, you know, this has been spoken about and written about by myself, you know, extensively. You mm. know, this is something that's taken years to develop. Um, which sounds funny because I c- I've just been able to tell you about it in five minutes. But, you know, those types of ideas don't come overnight. You know, they take a long, long time. But it's kind of annoying when you think, God, I can just explain that in five five minutes. But I've been thinking about it for, for years, you know, trying to come to that sort of ideas and those conclusions. Well, that's but, the whole point of it, isn't it? To get to, yeah. get to a point where you can have yes. an idea and explain yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you talk about the um, like yeah. the goal of astron- astronism. astronism yes, as being mankind venturing out. Yes, what do you think we're going to gain from a like a theological or philosophical standpoint? What do you think we'll gain by exploring the, the cosmos? A huge amount. Firstly, you know, by knowing more, I think that will inevitably um, progress us. In, in in all ways, in, in, in physically, you know, our physical selves will 
will hopefully um, advance beyond us, you know, now, we'll have to adapt our bodies to these new environments. So, again, that's that's one thing. But, but more theologically, well, you know, finding other life will significantly Would you impact. say that is the number one sort of uh, game? It's a, it's, a, it's a game changer, It's a isn't big it? one, yeah. It's probably the big one, isn't it? For really? all I the mean, other religions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's like... Yeah, yeah. Gone, gone, I mean, gone. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, some of them would definitely try and, and sort of continue to exist even if you know they, they try and say well well we really this. knew about yeah reinterpretation <laughs> yeah. that was what i was looking for you know they'll, they'll definitely try and do that but i mean with christianity they'd have a hard time they'd have a really hard time to try and reinterpret the fact that jesus came here the and beef. that we are special because that's what it says it's it's deeply ingrained that we are special in that in that thinking you know, and with Astrid, it's sort of the opposite. We don't think we're special in 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 the sense that we're special in the sense that that yeah, we we are sentient. We are we've created a, a major, well, what we think is a major civilization, um, but in the sense that we're special that no one else exists. No, you know, we're not special in that sense. I Maybe that depends on the level of sentience of the other species though well it? yeah it does i mean they could be on levels that we can't even imagine you know i was going the other way like bacteria. or even or even not yeah yeah correct well, yeah there's the possibilities so. in it is it not the moon called enceladus mm. yes going around with a gas giant yes it's a nice moon yeah. isn't? and it potentially it could be there mm. there's liquid water there isn't there yeah correct well i mean there's 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 planets that that we know of that they've said will have liquid water on them. Mm-hmm. We we know that already. I think it's Kepler twenty two B, isn't it? That that's it's, the one yeah. that's sort of Earth like I think there's more and more, isn't it? There? There's more and more. That's just one example. You know, mm-hmm. they've said that that is an Earth like planet. Mm-hmm. Obviously they can't see what's on it. But they can you know, tell, they can tell I think they, from the light that comes from it, they can tell what the they can tell the size the elements. elements. Yeah. 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 And they know the there's water on it. Yeah. So I mean really is the is it solved then? It's a Goldilocks <laughs> zone, isn't it? Where water yeah. can be in its three states. What's I mean, the, really, you know, I mean, really, if we're thinking about it again, let's go back to logic. Mm. I mean, can someone logically say that there isn't any life in the universe Fermi. other than us? About, Do you know what I mean? What about Fermi's paradox? What's well, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but... What's that then? That if, that's if Sorry. No, no, carry on. If, yeah. if there was intelligent life out there... Mm-hmm. Because the universe is so, ma- I might be getting this wrong. Because the universe is yeah. so massive that it would have found us by now. Is that yeah. roughly something like that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I had interpreted it as because it's so big and the probability of it that there is life out there. That's how I interpreted that. Mm. But I don't know. We'd have to have a look it up. But it, yeah, you're, you're right in that sense. Because of the age of the universe, say yes, seven billion years. It's expanding. Yes, there was. If there wasn't, uh, you know. Say 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 um, uh, a biological mm, yeah. creature had a, a race a species had a one billion year head start on us. They mm. would have developed the technology to pretty much conquer the conquer the universe. Yeah. Sort of yeah. I suppose yeah. you're the, you're the might have done that and died out, and then we. Yeah. Then well, well, there is this argument that yeah, there is a, a there is a cut off point for all civilizations where they will yeah. essentially mm. annihilate themselves. It's like <laughs> the great filter as well. I don't know if that. I think that's linked to Fermi's paradox as well. Right. Is it not the other thing as well that 
it might just not be possible to travel those distances. The yeah. thing is, at we, this stage, yeah. if you look at these guys who are researching like the possibilities of alien species, we, we're, we're taking a jump to assuming that life form life forms will be carbon based, and that they will require water. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there, there could be species out there that are silicon based. Yeah, and they, you know, they breathe. Nitrogen, or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like there's a whole. There's, there could the be possibilities different are elements uh, yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> you know, the fifth yeah. element, hundred and well. forty-six, whatever there is at the moment. Yeah. There's gaps, um, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. there's gaps, and, and making them, and there might be yeah. a whole different table somewhere else. Mm. Well, yeah. we create new elements, don't yeah. we? Yeah, the, 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 the large thing. Thing. Yeah. Unun nunium, unun unobtainium, unium. Yeah, the possibilities are really endless, um, but it's interesting because I, I did, um, I'm also involved with the, there's multiple movements going on, astronism's not alone, and that's one thing to say is that we aren't the only one that is, I mean, we're the only one that is sort of got our specific beliefs, but there are, I'm in contact with groups in America, the biggest one is what what astronists call the space philosophy movement, and they are deeply involved, I mean America loves space exploration more than us, I wish we would be a bit more like America in that way, you know, it's deeply ingrained in their culture uh, with NASA and the space race and all that, so... You know, they they are, you know, they've got their own beliefs as well and, and they're sort of more philosophy-based. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're a whole separate movement to us and, you know, they're involved in space policy and, you know, the politics of it because oh. that's going to play a massive role. Uh, I mean, that's like a whole other podcast, the politics of it, but it's kind of scary as well. But, um, so, yeah, I mean... So from that, we can sort of gather that as we go out into the cosmos, into the into the into space, you know, what are what are we going to be believing in? What are we going to be? What is our psychology going to be? What is our you know? How are we going to change? We're going to need things to believe in or to think about. You know, the, these these discoveries. I mean, imagine if you're on a spacecraft going past Jupiter, for example. None of us have ever seen that in person. That's going to change your worldview, isn't it? That's going to change the way you think. You know, even if we get to Mars, that's going to change us in the way we think. So, you know, we're going to need something that... We're going to need new religions, new philosophies, new ways and belief systems to deal with these things, you know, we're going to need that but i i did an article and the reason why i spoke about the the space movement in america is because I, I was just published not last week on their website and the um the, the article was why space exploration needs to be a religious endeavor now wow. using that word it's a trigger word <laughs> oh yeah i knew what i was getting myself in for um but it gets a lot of views you know it get it's a trigger word it gets a lot of people talking and that's my job you know i want to get people talking about it even if it's in a really negative way towards <laughs> me um but anyway so and there was one comment that i had to reply back to because he was like why do we need religions when we go into space and you know i thought well course we do we're going to need some belief systems we're going to need something that's going to keep us sane and keep us 
um, you know, I mean, obviously this guy who's commenting thinks that science can do that. You know, for me, science can't do that for me. Yeah, Sorry, it can't. Empty. It's it's not. It's empty. You know, I mean, it, I mean, the it just doesn't have what a religion has, and and it's it's kind of. I want to explore that. Maybe I'll have to write an article on it. But um, there are subtleties that 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 science doesn't quite reach because it can't. It's not made for that. You know, it's it, we're coming at the same. Science is just a methodology. Yeah, it's not a belief system. It's not something that that is there to sort of comfort us, if you will, or to give us guidance or direction or, you know, it's there to sort of keep us in line and tell us, well, you know, this is what's true or this is, you know, what's false. But... You know, I mean, you tell me. You're the scientist, but you know, scientists out there who would disagree. With well, this. yeah, they might do. I mean, some people obviously consider science as the replacement of religion. You know, and and that is an argument, and it's there. Um, you know, but fundamentally, I do think humans need something to to attach themselves to. Is that could, a flaw of our species, though? Uh flaw probably just our nature you know maybe maybe it's not a flaw maybe it's just our nature you know maybe that's what makes us who we are you know um i i'm with you on that yeah i think you know it was it nietzsche who said god is dead <laughs> well that, yeah it was yeah uh, i i do worry that there is a bit of a vacuum mm. since uh, because we've become so reductionist and yeah, yeah, mecha- our view of the world is very mechanised and we would just yeah. want to break everything down smaller and smaller. And I think a lot of people are missing yes. meaning in their life. I know they are because they email me. <laughs> they <tell> me. <laughs> so <laughs> I get emails all the time, mainly from people younger than me, like teenagers and stuff, who who really, some of them, yeah, they don't have any meaning in their lives at all. They see their future ahead of them and all they think about or all they're being told to think about is, you know, how much money are you going to be making? How much, what's your career path? And, you know, it's it's a very, I don't know, it's, it's scary. It really is scary, you know, but... Um, I mean, I'm lucky enough to to have a purpose that is beyond that, that is, um, you know, beyond sort of just making money or just um, living for living's sake. You know, Mm. I've got something to live for. So I think that's the difference is that some people just don't have that, you know. Um, But, yeah, I agree with you. I I think people are missing out on that. and, And I think religions like... The, the church or, or other religions, they have failed in that sense. They have failed in that sense. They've not been able to grow and progress to, to and they failed, they failed us as, as a, as a society, really, you know, Catholic church, look at that. We were just talking about the abuses in there and, and everything like that. That's failed us in that way. So these organizations, you know, they've not been able to, to move on. Um, and they've had to sort of re, we need a, another reformation. Watered down, maybe. Well, yeah, but into yeah. what? You know, I don't know. You'd have to talk about the future. Vatican-funded space travel. Yeah, well, it's interesting. <laughs> Portmobiles I mean, got water It's ironic, it. isn't it? You know, um, they've got their own observatory. 
Mm. You know, well, a lot of the the old, you know, they contributed. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, they were they were massive pioneers in astronomy. Yeah, Jesuits. Yeah, the Jesuits. How far do you want to go back? All the priesthoods, Egypt, Babylonians. Yeah. You know, astronomy was the primary function of yeah, them. absolutely. Which because is ironic, but it's ironic looking that looking for God, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's possibly. I mean, you know, these these um, priests who are involved in the observatory now, you know, they see the universe, the astronomical world, if you will, as you know, a manifestation of God, and the more they know about it, they see that as they interpret that as you know knowing more about God and his, his creation. So, you know, it's it's sort of encouraging them in that way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not going to die, but... Do you think, you know, right, but, if he created all this stuff in seven days, what, well, what yeah. do you do the rest of the time? <laughs> six days. You get well, really yeah, I mean, six days. Right. on the seventh uh, day. Yeah, yeah I mean... Well, what, you know, what about it, the rest of the, rest of yeah. the time? It, it can't stand up, can it, obviously? You know, it, it just, it's not true. You, you, you know, make you fall into metaphorical, a trap. Yeah. You know, it is metaphorical. The Old Testament is allegory. Yeah. What? It is. Yeah. It's know. not to be <laughs> taken <laughs> literally. Yeah. Or, or that's what we say now. Obviously, at the time, they mm. didn't, but yeah. things move on, don't they? Do you not you think know? the writers um, were writing allegory and encoding knowledge I don't in that think way? so. I don't think things were as, um, maybe not as deep back then. Really? I, I don't think so. I think they just, I think, because you've got to put yourself in their shoes. You know, they didn't know anything, really, about what was beyond. They still thought that the sun revolved around the earth, you know. So put yourself in that type of shoe. You know, you can't, I mean, you could, I mean, we don't know. I mean, that's just my opinion, but, you know, well, we don't I know that. You could but be I, doing them a disservice possibly, in yeah. how not... See, I'm one of these guys who likes in, like these lost civilization theories. Yes, and that, yeah. Um, you look at, yeah, like, old uh, megalithic architecture, like yeah. the pyramids, Stonehenge, all these... Well, yeah. They've all got astronomical alignments, and a lot of them are, like... They're calendars, in a way, and they're marking out things like the uh, procession of the equinoxes and, and stuff well, like that, and you think, well... They, it, to high degrees of accuracy, and you think maybe they knew a lot more than we're giving them credit for. Well, that nicely brings us into um, the history part because that's really important as well. And mm-hmm. that's obviously, like I said at the beginning, is sort of something that I'm researching right now. Um, so put yourself in my shoes. I've got this ast- this astronism is forming, uh, this sort of new religion philosophy is forming. Um, but then I sort of thought to myself, well, I can't have been the first person to ever think in this way. So, you know, what was before me, you know, what, who, who is involved in, in this type of work or this field before I was. And so I started looking into the history of astronomy and its involvement with religion and, the, the what I found was quite profound was that number one, it can well from my research, it's going to be claimed to be the oldest religious tradition, which is a massive claim that I need to be able to back up, uh, which we can talk about. Number two, that no one has given their time to um, create a, a proper history for it in one document that that lines out all the history of that as a as a tradition um and 
as well, number three, is that, you know, following like the Age of Enlightenment and, and astronomy sort of being part of science, you know, the sort of the religion being able to interact with, with astronomy is, is drastically reduced. You know, just, just go on to any journal website and there'll be hardly any in I found it very difficult to find anything to do with astronomy and religion together mm. in the same um you know article because it's not the status quo mm. the status quo is that astronomy is a scientific um you know discipline mm-hmm. and you know there's there's not many people writing about it uh from a religious perspective so that's what I kind of want to bring to it um but yeah so just to go back to that i i started doing this research and then i found that this this tradition um well i should probably explain what a religious tradition is so you'll probably know that religions are collected into traditions mm-hmm. in in scholarships so there's three big ones at the moment there's abrahamic, abrahamic. dharmic and Taoic. so the Taoic ones are chinese um and so what my claim is, is that there's a fourth one. And the fourth one is the astronic tradition. Mm. Um, and that's what I've come up with. Uh, that's the word that I've created for it. And what what I'm saying is, is that this tradition is a collection of astronomical religions and cults and um, individuals and writers throughout history that sort of share the same ideas to what I'm telling you about today, not in so much depth as like the cosmology side of it, but there's the general idea that you get some sort of spirituality from the stars idea. Um, obviously, the one you'll all know of is astrology. Um, you know, that's really interesting how we interact with astrology because um, everyone always thinks that it's astronism is just a new version of astrology. It really isn't. Um, we just consider astrology like an ancestor. We, so we're part of the same tradition. Uh, we sort of have the same idea that, you know, there's some type of religious, uh, spiritual, something that you can gain from the stars. Obviously, they interpret that very, very differently. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So if we go back to some of these ancient, before civilization began, prehistory, 40,000 years BC, um, and this is sort of around the time when, for some reason, they started carving into caves patterns of stars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, to me, I mean, they, they, they were carving the brightness of the stars. So, and, and, the, and the, the accuracy was fantastic that they, that they were able to, to, to get that accuracy. And obviously we know that, that these were 40,000 years ago, roughly, because of the positions that they were in. So the fact that they were so accurate that they spent their time actually carving out in caves these stars and and making sure the brightnesses were were sort of more accurate, um, I think was connected to some sort of religious, spiritual connection or some sort of spiritual religious ideas, if you will, that were beginning to form around this time. Um, so the, there's definitely archaeological evidence for it, you know. And could, it be, could it be navigation, though, Pre, prehistoric navigation? Because, uh, yes, you do get something from the stars. And one of the main yeah. things is 
Most yeah, of course it is. Well, that's what we'll get into because a lot of these ancient sort of, they were mixed into one, I would think. You know, we call it utilitarian religion. So religion for a particular utility. So going a little bit f- further forward, so about 12,000 BC, they started using the stars for their agriculture. So they started to look at the positions of the stars and use that as like a clock, really, didn't they? Gebekli Tepe. Yeah, and all that. So it's 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 looking at, you know, at this time and, and sort of trying to sort of understand that they're the looking at the stars, and and that's why they that's why they began to worship the stars because they started to become dependent on them. You know, they were dependent on the stars. If the stars suddenly disappeared, they wouldn't know when to plant their crops or to harvest their crops, and then they'd all die. So you know, they, they were very very dependent on the stars at this time. So, so when again, constellations it, it began yeah. to yeah. Sorry. So when oh. they saw like uh, Orion pointing. <clears throat> based on her name hunter, I guess, and then this is only a few thousand years ago, yeah. you know, the green man and all yeah. that. And then prior to that, it would have been, well, here's this set of stars that kind of looks like a dude. And yeah. when he's when he's up, will it's time to bring yeah, the cows in. Yeah, when they were in position. Earlier, yeah. earlier than that. That yeah. prehistory decoded by Martin Sweatman, he goes into the, the cave paintings in yeah. Chavot, and that they were recognising the constellations mm. then and marking yeah. them. Mm. You know, the Zodiac yeah. goes back, I reckon, 40,000 years. Yeah. Wow. It's it has crazy. origins there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so what I want to do is really relate this to a tradition of religion, to really ground this in in sort of archaeological evidence in, in and, and relate that to anthropology, so how humans have developed and how our civilizations have developed. Um, there's much more evidence as well, hard evidence um, for astronomy's involvement and, and interaction with religion in, in ancient civilizations. Yeah. You know, Egypt, China, all the ancient civilizations used astronomy and it was deeply intertwined with religion. Um, it was you know sun the, gods uh, and and all these types of things. So this is all part of it, and this is. But no one has really looked at that and thought, right? I'm going to do a full history of it, and I'm going to call it that tradition. Just mm-hmm. like Abrahamic traditions stem from Abraham, this one stems from much further back. Um, so it's a big it's a big job, yeah. uh, but I'm I'm up it, to the challenge. I want to do you it. You can so. still tie them into those religions as well, though, because oh, yeah, it's, links. it's yeah. linked to the processional cycle. Of course, it is. So yeah. like with the the procession that is due to the the uh, wobble on the Earth's axis. Yeah. It's a twenty five thousand nine hundred and twenty year cycle. Right. Okay. And I'm not telling you. Right. I'm I know you're people. right. <laughs> <laughs> but like each each age is. 2,160 yeah. years, I think. 216. Yeah, because it adds up to 18. Nine. Nine is the magic number. Right. right. So, like, we're just entering the... They talk about the age of Aquarius. So when the sun rises on the spring equinox, the sun is housed by the constellation of Aquarius. So the previous 2,160 years was the sign of Pisces. Right. What do we think yeah. of Jesus? Fish, fish, fish. Fisher of men. Yeah. Loves and fishes. Yeah. Pisces sign. The sign before was the sign of um, uh, Aries, the so right, that right. that ties in with um, Abrahamic religion. The yeah. um, you the know they, they worship the, the origins of Judaism, and yeah. All that. And then yeah. the previous processional cycle was Aries, which we oh Taurus, Taurus, 
Taurus the Bull, Aries the Ram. Aries the Ram would be Judaism. And right. then previous to that would be Taurus the Bull, and that ties in with ancient Egypt, the Apis Bull. Mm. Right. They, they've venerated the bull, and it it's just goes back yeah. as, far, as far as you can go. Leo. Well, this is the theory that the Sphinx is 10,000 well, years old. Say. Right. Because there's this uh, geologist from Boston University called Robert Shock, and right. he caused a big stir in Egyptology because right. he reckons that the erosion on the Sphinx and on the Sphinx enclosure was caused by water. Right. And there hasn't been significant rainfall in the Nile Delta for over 10,000 years. Right. So. But it so happens, the Sphinx faces due east, it so happens that, you know, 10,000 years ago, on the spring equinox, the Sphinx would be facing the constellation of Leo. We're in the age of Leo. Yeah. It's <laughs> just mind-boggling. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's all right, linked okay. together. Of course it, it is, The yeah. astronomy is a common thread through religions as yeah. far back as you want to go, I reckon. Absolutely. But, but no Star one's of in, Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's there. And it's, it's influenced all different religions, really. Islam as well, it's influenced. So it's... Right. You know, I mean, even look at the, 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 on the star and the crescent, crescent. you know, yeah. it's there right in the face. So it's, it's, it's been everywhere really, but, but it's not really been, you could say appreciated in, in the way that, especially not in religious scholarship, definitely not. In some ways, is astron- astronism going back to the roots then? Definitely, 100%. Uh, we want to go right back to, yeah, we want to bring it back to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, all this other stuff, put that to one side and go right back to where we all began. Uh, I mean, really, religion did begin with burials, really, they think. Um, but but this started really early. You know, it's maybe two the second or third form of religion was to do with the stars, you know, astrology, worshipping the stars, and then it, that developed into astrology. And then, you know, we come all the way up to through um, Middle Ages and we get Nicholas Copernicus with his, um, the uh, heliocentrism. And then uh, a book that you'd like, if you don't, if you don't have it, is by Giordano Bruno. Do you know that guy? I know the guy, the philosopher, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was burned to the stake yeah. in 1600 for his um, philosophical views of, of cosmology and, and the cosmos. And really, I look to him really uh, as one of the first people to, to sort of write in the similar way that I do. Like you an know, astronist it, martyr. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. But he never knew that he was astronist, maybe. But yeah, I mean, yeah. You but, can gloss over that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, I mean, he was writing about... Uh, he, well, this is the idea that he he came up with the idea of cosmic pluralism, which is the idea that that not only this planet has life... So even in the 1500s, that idea was beginning to form. Uh, He was writing, maybe not in such a, um, there was life on other planets, he didn't write it like that, but but those ideas were beginning to to form. The idea that we weren't the centre of the universe, the idea that we might not be the only ones. So the, you know, a lot of it began with him and his writings and, uh, the deeply philosophical, deeply philosophical, brilliant. It's only a short piece as well, but ironically, you know, he was killed by the church and he was good friends with Galileo and mm. was that know, the we know what happened there. Yeah. yeah. So, you know... Unexpected. Yeah, I think it's just sort of history's not really been that kind to 
people of sort of my ilk, maybe. And I don't know. <laughs> well, no, but you um, know, up to now, the, anyway. Even the modern religions, are, uh, you know, yeah. are, are the, steeped in aliens and and Xenu and all. Well, that yeah, sort of and jazz. and and sort of that's something else I wanted to address because you know we have we've got to be sort of a bit more inclusive inclusivist in in our approach to that because we don't consider things like ufo religions to be part of this tradition really uh we've got quite a negative view of of ufo religions we want to keep it serious we want to yeah. keep it because we just don't see that as part of what we believe really what, what do you mean by ufo religions well there's a lot of ufo ufology into ufo religions um but a lot of them based in the us really and here um you know that they believe that the, the, the actual religions have developed um on the idea that that ufos are frequently jesus was a spaceman yeah stuff like that you know and and new Is religious movements Korea? you know Does it? <laughs> you know it's it's new religious movements are developing all the time i mean you could call scientology a ufo religion some people do because of, yeah. of where they believe in like the xenu and all this other stuff that, mm. that we that we were extraterrestrial beings and we wouldn't consider that part of it we wouldn't consider them to be part of because it's not it's not astronomical it's uh, yeah. it's ufo it's it's ufos it's it's, yeah you know so it's we we don't we have to sort of get that distinction between who we are and who they are because there's also realism as well um right. which have you heard of that nope. realism uh, that's that's a, a religion founded in like the 1970s i think um and he again that's more like a ufo one where right. he, they believe in like extraterrestrial beings came here and made humanity and stuff like do you know what i mean stuff oh, like that right. yeah like he's actually Prometheus. called rail he's called rail uh the guy who founded it so yeah i mean you know we have to distinguish ourselves from from those things do not worry us... about the baggage that comes when you use well, the, the word religion well yeah i mean this is we we can get on to that topic now of of sort of why we want to be called a religion or why how we are a mixture of the two because i've had um you know i've had many conversations with with people in in the usa who are part of this space philosophy movement that i was speaking about earlier and a lot of them have have criticized us for, for calling ourselves a religion um but also they don't like the fact that we combine philosophy and religion together they don't see that as practical um which i kind of get their viewpoint on that you know we're still trying to struggle with 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 balancing those two things um but yeah i think so far the fact that we have uh used the word religion to describe astronism you could say hasn't helped you know in the in because people look at religion the word and and immediately they think christianity islam or something that believes in things that aren't logical or, or, or things like that. Um, and, but to not say, to, to, to leave out that it's a religion would be to, to, to forget and, and to, to sort of miss out an important part of yeah. it. You know, there are parallels to be drawn here. So yeah. you, you've just, de- you are yeah. defining this tradition, this astronic tradition. Yes. That astronism and you've included astronism as a religion within that. Yeah. But there is also space, therefore, for other, like the SPM guys in the States, yeah. 
the other religions that could sit within this tradition. Yes. Yeah? Which is exactly the same as what you said about cosmoses and yeah. and the infinite. Yes. So you're trying to define the infinite. Yes. You know, yeah. Mean feet. <laughs> yeah, it is. But a mean, all yeah. these religions can fit inside. So are they receptive to that? Are these the American guys, for instance? Are they receptive to be part of the astronic tradition? Yes. You're trying to define? They, yeah, they are more because, um, especially if we say because there's the the word astronic tradition can be split into two. It's astronic philosophy and astronic religion uh, or religions. Um, so they like the fact that they can sit in the astronic philosophy part of it. But mm. yeah, they they don't mind that. Yeah, they they would like to be part of, and I I consider them to be part of that. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. they're leading in sort of practical space travel and and sort of how we actually do that and some of the more ethical philosophical questions that are going to arise you know should we even should we be exploring space you know with the way we've treated this planet for example Mm. you know should we be doing that this is a philosophical question it's an ethical question that needs to be answered Mm. um so yeah they would they yeah they would be part of that yeah um but i mean officially astronism I've again had to come up with a new term for this, but um, is is an organised philosophy. That was the best way that I could sort of understand it. Not so what I've done there, well, yeah, well, maybe that could be another word. But um, I want to credit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you credit for that. Um, obviously, that comes from the word organised religion, and then I've just put that in front of philosophy, and um, you know try to understand it in that way the reason why i've done that is because it is organized it's it's got an institution it's got an organization that i'm leading and and want to develop you know it's it's not something that's like um buddhism for example which is very unorganized as a religion really um it's not like that i want I, i do want it to be quite centralized i want there to be an organization at the center of it that that is responsible for it. That is sort the of org. well. Well, I wouldn't call it that, but yeah, I it's mean, been taken, yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. It's been taken, but um, a bit, of, bit of baggage with that one. Yeah, a bit of baggage <laughs> with that one. Yeah, um, but you know, I want it to be sort of organised because then we can do things like accept new ideas more easily. You, you can know? also lay down some rules. Some rules, yeah, yeah. Which you know, we have to do that. You know, sometimes, and we have to. So- to for it to be publicly understandable you know how do we get this out there we need an organization to help us do that you know it's not just gonna go by chance i don't like things by chance so you know someone said to me once that oh just just leave it and it'll it'll get out there eventually and you know i mean it might do but I don't like to leave things to chance, so just it's like this podcast. We'll just really. sort it out, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, set up an organisation to make sure that it gets out there. But um, so that's why I call it that. And you know, as you'll be able to tell from the way I've described various beliefs, um, trying to get that balance between the two. You know, religious religious topics, but from a philosophical perspective. You know, not just dogma but you know um looking at things more openly and and sort of with a philosophical spirit if you will you know so do you foresee like an equivalent to a church or synagogue 
Yeah. Uh, I see, like, I, d- I definitely see buildings, yeah. Um, you know, maybe planetariums, maybe, or, you know, <laughs> uh, or observatories. That yeah. would definitely be, yeah, great. We need more of them. You know, we That's don't have I, enough. I agree with you we, 100%. We, yeah, we, but there's not enough funding. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because there isn't, there isn't a culture for it. There, there, there isn't a mass passion. understanding and passion for it like there is maybe in the US, you know. Uh, and even that's dying out in, in some areas. You know, it's not in the mainstream media enough. It's not, it, you know, they could have a debate on TV about Christianity, but what about about this topic? You know, they often... Well, it's Max, it's, it's awe-inspiring it's, as well. You only have to stand underneath the Lovell yeah, telescope. Like, that, I went recently it. at 36. Yeah. I'd not been for 30 years probably, maybe yeah. slightly less. Uh, and I still had that, like, fuck me, yeah. that's massive. Sort yeah, of. <laughs> everyone does. I mean, we're bound to, aren't we? We're tiny compared to that. So, you know, <laughs> I think you know, it's always going to stay the same, that. I think know. artificial lighting has done a huge disservice mm. to us in some senses. Yes. It's easy yeah. to ignore that, the sky now. It is. You, you can't see it if you live in a major build-up no. area. Most people, me included, I've never seen the Milky Way. No, really? You've got to go to a dark yeah. spot to see it. Yeah, of course so, you know, do. Beacon Fell or whatever. Yeah. So I Whereas, think, you know, our forebears, they yeah. would have witnessed this every Beacon night. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, you know, that's why I relate it to sort of religious beliefs. Because imagine if we could see the Milky Way in our back garden without needing any telecot or any, you know what I mean? Without even needing... Yeah, you know, it'd be any, amazing if it was like all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? Like, like oh, you would amazing. think, like, like, wow, you know, next Tuesday, everyone's gosh, like, oh, this oh, is like, hurries on, I'm not going to bother looking yeah. at the Milky Way. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, you're right. It has done a, a big disservice to, well, astronomy in general, really, and our, our psychology. I think, yeah, you know, we, we've lost touch with our place where we are and, in the universe, and this is where we can come into some really interesting debates that are taking place right now. Which is, um, I mean, for example, I was in a lecture last week um, about Aboriginal culture uh, and how, um, I mean, that's interesting because I'd never really thought about them in relation to the astronic tradition because but from what what was said last week in that lecture they did they the stars were an important part to them uh of their faith as well a very very important part and apparently they go back to at least sixty thousand years so i, I don't know I'm, I'm, i've still not even thought about that yet i need to think about does that mean astronic tradition goes back that far or can we really include that or I don't know. But um, we were talking about how they've been warning us for a long time about, you know, what we're doing to the planet and sort of the fact that we're not in touch with, with nature. Um, they are, you know, they can sense stuff that is happening. Uh, my lecturers stay, actually live with them for a while. And she said it was just amazing how they could sense that storms were coming. Really? You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. In a couple of days' time, they could sense that stores were that storm that a storm was coming. That's how in touch they are with nature. And really, anyone who's born outside of that culture can never really understand it. Even she living there, I don't think she was there that long, but even living with them for a little while you still don't understand how they have that deep connection to, to nature. And we've really lost that. Mm. You know, we're, we're sort of, 
we love our technology, don't we? Our cold technology that's, uh, you know... It's disheartening I mean, how we, we call it, you know, we, we sort of see them as primitive and bad. Yeah, and but they're really... Unwilling to... They're more in touch with the universe than we are, really. I mean, we can yeah. have all the science and we know probably a lot more than what they do, but the fact that they're in touch with it is different. Yeah. You know, the fact that they can, can sense stuff and that they actually, they still use the stars like they did all those thousands of years ago. They still use the stars for navigation and, 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 and crops and, and other things like that. So, mm. you know, the fact that we've lost that, I think is, is really sad. But also I think I want astronism um, to sort of represent going back to that a little bit, you mm. know, get out in your back garden and think about, mm. you know, sort of try and get back to that. That's what I'm trying to advocate for. And that's where this sort of spiritual religious feelings come into it. Mm. You know, that's where that, that's where they connect. The fact that, you know, you feel those things is, is a, towards the stars, towards the astronomical world is a product of, of being more connected to that world rather than just to the material world. Mm. You know, it, it is difficult. And I think this is another aspect that, that is difficult for astronism is that, um, the fact that, you know, the stars physically are so distant from us, the ordinary person doesn't want to think about that. You know, they think, well, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to, it's so millions of miles away. What's the point? Do you know what I mean? What, what is, if it's not right in front of me, like a church is, like maybe another type of building is, or, you know, something like that, then doesn't really mean anything to me people think like that mm. so that is an obstacle that i have to try and it's get strange because so. to be a true religious follower you have to have that sort of level of abstract thought mm. so you would think there'd be perhaps more perspe- more perceptive yeah. than a non-religious person i think of, well yeah you could say so but but I, but I even even sort of non-religious people as well who are sort of staunch atheists and not just staunch atheists, anti-religious people uh, who I frequently interact with, which is, <laughs> which is a whole other conversation. But, um, you know, um, I've lost my train of thought now. Uh, um, people looking at the stars. And yeah. And, and sort of, yeah. And, you know, they, they, I mean, I've got them in my family, you know, they don't want to think about it. Mm. They just want to have the job. They want to, they want to go to football game and that's it. You know, they don't want to think about those, those ideas that are too far beyond themselves. They don't want to think about it. Mm. Um, and I, and I know people like that who are neither religious and they're not, you know, they're not into astronomy or science either. So there, there are people out there. It's not going to, not everyone's going to like it. You know, not everyone's going to be interested in it. Mm. But you know, it's a certain type of person who's looking for something deeper, yes, some sort of deeper is. meaning yeah. in their life. Yeah, who, they've, who, they've rejected the materialism, and the, and they've yeah. also rejected other religions yeah. prior that that they feel or they see the holes in them and the gaps in them that that you do, you just can't look away from anymore. You People know, who are probably naturally inquisitive and looking for answers, looking for knowledge, and uh, yeah, who would probably be attracted to yeah, I hope so. Yeah, open. It's more like an open discourse, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, of course uh, it is, yeah. Where we stand in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, but then there's sort of these underlying principles that 
and and it's sort of an identity as well you could say you know it's sort of i'm an astronaut it's it's like an it's an identity thing isn't it to be able to say that to be part of something tribalism that you, that you say yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. well yeah. We're, we're, we've not changed you know we, we've not changed in that way we're still tribalistic mm. you know mm-hmm. we see that gosh everywhere in the world today um so man united man city yeah all that stuff you know we're not we've really not changed in that way so and we like to associate things we like we like that identity and the fact that we're part of something Mm. uh maybe that's what a lot of young people don't have you know maybe the parents have sort of rejected religion and they've sort of come to the point well god what do i belong to then you know, mm. I mean, I I didn't experience that. I I was from a very very religious. I have very religious childhood, extremely religious. Um, from my grandmother, you know, mm. she was deeply Roman Catholic. Um, Latin Mass, Roman Catholic. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so where did, that you, was, where did you go to a Latin Mass? Uh, they're they're still going on. Really? Yeah, around this around Lancashire. Yeah, mm. oh yeah. Uh, the, there's Latin Mass Society. There's Opus Dei that she was Opus part Dei. of. Oh, oh yeah, Opus Dei. That's hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she was part of that. Was yeah. she? Yeah. Self flagellation. I, I wouldn't go that far. No, <laughs> but no, I don't think Are you so. About but Dan Brown. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he right. is. Yeah, that's what he's talking yeah. about. Da Vinci but, called, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but and then they've got organisations across. You just don't see them very. They're under sort of underground. Sorry to, but, um, but sorry to go on about the point, but is that genuinely somewhere like a a, a Roman, <laughs> a public Roman Catholic church? Yeah, there's one in Salisbury, I think. That's and I it's think just it do just it. does masses in Latin, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. I went there. Yeah, is that an, right, okay. childhood? Yeah, um, Salisbury, and, and that's probably part of the Roman Catholic Church. Yes, right. Yeah, they 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 sort of they didn't agree with Vatican II. They didn't agree that. English was the right, or, or all different languages were right, that they wanted to stay with, you know, Latin. Why is Latin the right that. language? Well, that's a Roman it's Empire, tri- doesn't it? Constance yeah, Roman Empire. And, and Did he not and speak tri- Aramaic or something? Jesus, no, but it's, 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 yeah. The Roman no, Catholic no, Church. Oh, yeah, no, but, yeah, yeah, but Latin was the lingua franca. Uh, and, well, you franca know, lingua. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and... and okay. People don't like to change, do they? They like wow. to stay as they are. Some people do anyway. Um, so, yeah, but I was never really interested in it at all. All my cousins were interested. All They were all altar servants, all in, involved in that. Um, but, no, I was never really interested in it up until 15 years old. But I'd never... We weren't allowed to look at other religions. We weren't allowed to, to think about anything else. So when I got into my teenage years and started looking at proper history proper religion and the 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 variety the diversity the history of it all i think that's where this has come from really the fact that i was quite deprived in that way in my in my childhood because they don't teach it in school well at all really um you know but I didn't know anything else existed so when you sort of open up to this sort of world that you didn't know existed Maybe that was a trigger for me. You so know, it's so. kind of, would you say maybe astronism is a way of going back to the first, well, we kind of said it, I mean, the first religion. Yeah, definitely. The singularity as it is. Yeah. Kind of well, saying before. And the other thing is it was ubiquitous across the planet. Yeah, you it know, was, and that's interesting. Wherever you look, wherever the archaeologists look, you know, yeah. whether it's in the British Isles or in 
Turkey or yeah. Cheval Caves or get, Aborigines. Can, it's always tied to... Yeah. It goes back to what you said, though, isn't it, about artificial lighting and the power of the stars and what they would have looked like mm. without that. Yeah, and you're getting it 12 yeah. hours a day. Exactly. You can't escape it. No. Mm. no. Um, so, yeah, and, and, you know, there's the... Uh, a, a brilliant tradition of mythology developed as well around it. I don't know if you've heard... Sorry, of the, uh, <laughs> No, if you've got one, that's uh, great. Ham- Hamlet's it. Mill. All right, okay, oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a classic. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Heroes journey. Yeah. I don't know, have you heard of the the, um, the Cosmic Hunt? Have you no. heard of that? That's no. really interesting. So this was, well, they've, they've traced it back to at least 15,000 BC, this story. Mm. They know that because it was... The same exact story in America, in sort of Mesoamerica and, and, and prehistoric North America and South America it was there. So it must have travelled across the Bering Strait through Alaska down into America before those before the continents uh, parted End at fifteen thousand BC. Yeah. So it must have existed before then. But this is this story. It's one of the oldest myths. It's about hunters who are hunting this bear and what happens to the bear when they they get it is that it sort of float it sort of i'm trying to think of best way to describe it but it, it sort of sort of disappears and then goes into the stars it was that type of idea of of the the, the stars were sort of where you went after yeah after you died so um you know and, and through a bear constellation yeah, yeah, that's, yeah major, that's, that's where it came minor. from. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's two well, of them. It's well, like the River Styx. Sort of the River Styx was the analogy for the Milky Way. And yeah, like you, you you paid the ferryman to get you through the Milky Way into yeah. the, Charon. The, the next Charon? life. Karen, Charon, 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 yeah. the ferryman. Oh yes, yes, yeah. That rings a bell. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that that's one of the uh, a really interesting one. Um, and again. All that is part of this tradition that I'm talking about. It all yeah. involved in it. There's a thread through you a know, lot of ancient myths, isn't there? there that there's loads to astronomy. astronomy and the stars. I mean, Hamlet's Mill uh, is they're describing Hamlet's Mill as being the yeah. processional cycle. This grinding mill that just yes. goes on every twenty five thousand years. Yeah, and, it's brilliant, and uh, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating yeah. that it's been passed down through oral tradition. Until you know yes. the advent of writing, just a few thousand, you know, five thousand years ago. Yeah, it is amazing that we still have it all. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's amazing, it's mind blowing. But, but obviously, it's never been like organized in the same way, or, or sort of formalized, or in the same way that Christianity was, or it just didn't happen. You know, we can't change history now. You know, the astrology died out, and is now like pseudoscience into it. Um, really, it's like a religion, really. I mean, you've got to believe in the fact that looking at the stars tells you something about your own life. To me, that's like a religious idea, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but nowadays it's considered a pseudoscience. So, you know, all these things died out and, and nothing really has come along and really until me. So I had to... <laughs> Someone's got to do it. So. Are you going to be the Pope of astronomy? Is it going to be like well, a hierarchy? Yeah, where do, where do you put yourself? Because I was going to ask well, if you saw yourself as a god. 
<laughs> well, it's funny because it would be I interesting do. to get... <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, this was water. It'd be, it'd be, this was water when you wrote it. It's wine now. Thanks, Thomas Sam. <laughs> um, it's interesting because it would be good to get your opinions off me at the end of this podcast because whenever I go and meet people who've read about me and then after the fact, they're like... We really, you're not who we expected you were. You know, we thought you're going to be some crazy lunatic who sort of thinks that he's like God or something, or that you've, you know. Um, so, you know, I'm definitely not that, but you know, I am the founder of this. You know, I'm, I've created this word and I've gone through experiences and, and stuff to be able to create this book. Um, you know what book's d- that? The Omnidoxy book. We've not the, talked which, about that. We've not talked about that. Um, which we can do. Um, just just one thing about this: how it might develop. Mm. I don't obviously don't know what my role will be. I can't tell what history is going to paint me as. But um, you know, it could develop beyond me. You know, someone else might want to take it over. Mm. I don't know what I'm supposed to do beyond what I'm doing now, which is just spreading these ideas, telling people uh, I've just got a message to send, you know what I mean, and do my research. I don't know what I will become after that. Obviously, I want to be involved in this organisation that I'm trying to establish and trying to get you know funding for and trying to get people interested in, um, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I you know, hopefully I can continue to do this for the rest of my life, I hope, because I love it that much. You know, mm. I wouldn't have dedicated this really crucial part of my life, you know, my teenage years and, and sort of my young adult life to this if I didn't really believe in it properly and, and, and really love it, you know. Mm. So, but yeah, um, so yeah, the Omnidoxy. Um, well, really that's, it's it's entwined with, with how astronism developed really. Um, so from about the age of 15, uh, this is when it all began. I started to, I wanted to first become a writer in general, really. I'd never really done writing before that. Um, so I write mystery books as well. I do children's books. Jesse Millett. Yeah. Jesse Millett. Yeah. That's the character. That's where it all started. Mm. Um, and it was, astronism was actually called militarism. Right. At the beginning, f- from his from his name, uh, but then there was some. It wasn't really the best word because it mixes with other words like militarism and all these other things. So we had to change that, and and it developed into astronism anyway. Um, but yeah, at the beginning, it it was a totally different word because of it was from this character that I had sort of created, and then as. And, and and what it was originally was supposed to be like a philosophy for the character. You know what I mean? So this, I wanted a philosophy to, um, for this character that would guide this character. Very Tolkien-esque. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's not just acting. He's, he's you know, wayward. He's, he's actually got a philosophy that he mm. follows and that other people can follow and stuff. So, um, and then... I started then to, to sort of look into religion and, and sort of, and started to then receive these ideas and, you know... Receive these ideas. That sounds a bit like revelation. 
Uh, well, the, the word has been used, um, yeah, not I was from God. Say, do you feel like you were you've been guided as part of this? It's I- interesting. It's interesting. Um, it's still very raw for me, to be honest. It's still very and it's probably one of the most touchy parts about mm. talking about it because this direct relately directs um, to me, you know, as a person, but. Um, yeah, something happened where I was thinking of ideas every single day, um, bombarded with them, really, regarding this astronaut. All the stuff we've been talking about, everything and more, all of it coming out in my mind every day. Um, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be able to write thousands of words just like that, just writing on my laptop, thousands and thousands of words. And this dedication came to it, this this amazing, um, I don't, this ability, this ability to write that I didn't know was in within within me. I mean, mm. the Omnidocs is two million words long. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but it that's how long it, it is. It was a million, I think, last time I well, read. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> It's gone up since then. Um, okay. the, the core of it is a million words. You're right, right there. The okay. core of it is. But then there's other parts to it that have been added together. And mm, like that's been a whole story that would take up another podcast. That would take up another podcast, probably. But um, So I started writing that when I was about 17. So I got started getting these ideas about space and humanity and, uh, you know, space religion and all these different things. And... I didn't actually start writing it down until I was about 17. And then they started getting more and more as I was writing more things down. And then that's how it's come to be this massive book. Mm. Um, was God involved? No, not directly. No, obviously, no. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that something out of the sky came and, you know, Divine told me these things. No, but... but we do refer to it as being inspired, though, because mm. th- there must be some inspiration from somewhere. You know, I, I, I talk about nothing. it in very so rational. Where does an idea come from? You know? Well, yeah, that's the thing. But but where does but where do ideas come from that are so um, specific specific to this? Everything that we've been talking about, where do they come from? In a very extreme it was very extreme that's all i can describe to you Mm. i mean my family members i was telling them about it as it was happening and they can relate back and and, you know i'd be sat there constantly sort of in my own world if you will you know not really in this world just sort of in my own i don't know what do people have when they have religious there's a term for it spiritual psychotic chemical imbalance it depends or something yeah so there's there's many different skeptics have said that well exactly so i I was just thinking that you know a a psychology yeah well yeah i'd like you to tell me a biochemist (laughs) might say it was a chemical imbalance a priest might say it was divine inspiration. Yeah, so there's different interpretations. But all I can say is that that, that is what I experienced. And, and the book is there as sort of proof of mm. of that. You know, I'm yeah, not I just was, saying I wasn't that, saying it was any of those things. No, I'm yeah, saying that yeah, it is, yeah. whatever it is, it is certainly something. Yes. The way I've heard it described is being in the zone. Yeah. 
I've never yeah. been in the zone. For I know you have been. I know because I play in a band with you. But when you when you're like a talented when you're a talented musician, sometimes Flow. you enter the zone and you yeah. don't. You can just pretty much unconsciously do what you're doing. Yeah, and it's it's automatic. Yeah, it's like it just happens on its own, and you're yeah. almost like a passenger. You've got just this watching ability. it. Oh, that was nice. Mm. Yeah, Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Almost like automatic. Yes, it was like that. It was like that. It was like, honestly, it was like I wasn't really controlling it. It was like that. It was there is like, a thing called automatic writing, though, isn't it? That's I don't know. I know. That's I know. Many stare at goats. Yeah, that. right. Oh, yeah, I don't. know. Well, I know it's more like a strange occult. Oh writing, right, where you're sort of writing, but you're not actually yeah, yeah. looking at all right. Contacting okay. the no, it wasn't spirit that. <laughs> I, w- I was definitely doing the writing, but it was it was as though. You didn't yeah. feel in control of it. No, not at times. No, and I can still remember feeling that way. Wow! You know it's when you wake cause up, some copyright issues. Then. Well, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they can't sue himself. <laughs> well, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I still don't know. I, I really don't know. I can't say for sure what it was. And because I'm philosopher, do you think it'd happen again? Uh, I'm still getting ideas, but not to the extent that that it was when I was really deep into writing it, no. Do you think you but could think trigger it with something? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. I'm thinking it, of... Um, it's DMT. Yeah, DMT. Well, yeah, I mean, well, someone the, said that to me. And, and, and no, I've, I've never done anything like that no. because someone did say, um, God, you must have done something to get to it's that level, to be, able to, write, acid, man. To, be able to, to be able to write that much. You know, you must be on like speed or something <laughs> to be able to, you know, do that. But no, no, never. So, no. so it went in this period where like the, the floodgates opened. Yeah, How much are you write in a day? Like, um, definitely thousands of words. I and mean, then, in and time, because I, I can't, uh, a thousand words to me is, uh, I mean, like, for like six a, hours a day, two hours a day, five, five hours a day. Uh, well, it, it, it fitted in with my like normal life as well. Right. Um, you know, but it, yeah, night times, uh, during the night, uh, when I wake up in the morning, any free time that I had, I was writing. Wow. Um, no exceptions. And I'm wow. still like that now. I'm, I am a workaholic. I'm always doing something with this. Always. Uh, you know, I, when I get home tonight, I'll probably still be up at bloody one o'clock or whatever, <laughs> doing work or something. You know, so it's that dedication that you really can only get from sort of well i don't know religious a religion way. is a way of life that's the it is the and that's etymological what i am you know origin yeah um but what was your question again because i don't think it was something about <laughs> oh how much how much writing um oh i was, I was just, I was just write, but, trying to conceive of like a, yeah a specifically i mean in one weekend i remember i i could i wrote about twenty thousand words in sort of one weekend which to put into perspective um, how much would that be in terms of a book? Sounds like well, the end, end of my bachelor's degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's like a dissertation, isn't it? Dissertation's 15,000. So I, I wrote about 20,000 in one weekend. That was, right. yeah. It took me, takes me about two weeks to write 2,000 words. Yeah. So that's the, the level that I was at, that I was, you know, like that. Strange. I know. Were you concerned? Yeah. Uh, wh- what about your family? How, how have they reacted to it all? Uh... Quite well, actually, funnily enough. Um, been excommunicated. No. <laughs> well, none of them are religious now. Right, okay. Because my, because my grandmother was so overbearing with her religion, mm. she's uh-huh. passed away now, 
because of that. They all turned against it. They all uh, okay. turned against Andrew. it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so, so they but, all saw the same sort of thing that it was. She was a bit too much. Yeah, but I suppose with the way that I am now, I sort of look back on that and I think, wow, I've, I've probably got a lot of, of influence from her. Mm. I think it does pass on sort of subconsciously. You know, when I was younger in the childhood, we were deeply religious. I think it does subconsciously sink in. And even though I wasn't interested then, it must have come out at this time. And, and this is why I'm so interested in, I'm interested in religion in general. I mean, I'm doing a master's in it. So it's not just astronism I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in all religions. And I think it did have an effect on me. It must have done. It must have done. Mm. Things in your childhood do. We're a product of our environment, aren't we, to a large extent. And I think not all, it, always, it doesn't always come out in that time either. It can come out later. Mm. And so for me, I, I do think that, that sort of her deep religious um, self... Conviction. Yeah, it was amazing, really. You don't see stuff like that anymore. I mean, she, just to give you an idea of it... She had like shrines to Mary in her. She had quite a big. She's shrines to Holly Willoughby in here. You know? Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So it's like similar, but definitely not a virgin. <laughs> um, oh. But you know, it's 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 like um, yeah, she had that, and then just like where was the shrine? Just just in like a garden. All oh, right, okay. you know, she there was quite a big a big. Um, there was, she had like fields. Okay. As part of a house, fields of shrines. No, 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 no. <laughs> just like, just like, you know, the Bands. house that they built. Got it from like the 1950s. So it, mm. God, they had loads of land back then, didn't they? You know, yeah. they, they had just three fields to themselves. So right. you know, okay. in these fields, they had. She got like us all. I remember building it. You know, she she we were built it together. You know, and she'd go out there and spend hours in devotion, and and really? in a whole in a house was religion. A whole house was. There were statues of Jesus in the front room, life size statues in wow. the front room, <laughs> like what? you would see, like you would see in church. Oh, Those types of statues, and she just collected them throughout her life. She never threw anything away. Kind of like this room, but <laughs> but, but imagine more tasteful. genius everywhere, <laughs> you know. So it, it was like that, but it was amazing, you know. And I don't knock her. I don't. I don't say that God was bloody overly religious, you know. But did she I have think any? It's good, uh, you you know, it's, she had any divine? Was she touched? You know, did she have some sort of inspiration to take? Because most I mean, people she, don't to that degree, do they? No, I mean, I think she must have had some something you know Revelation. to be to be that devoted to it to, to sort of decorate your whole house and have your whole life situated around it you know you know she must have had something but no she never told me um but yeah it, it was you could you could argue it was a little bit cult-like in that way um because you know she didn't really like anyone outside the family to sort of be around you know she she just wanted it to be us and you know deeply catholic and you know really <clears throat> yeah That's so that must have had an effect on me you know and and obviously you know i i, I consider it you know definitely part of of sort of astronism in that way 
because she's she's affected me. So even though she probably wouldn't believe in asterism, um, you know, she she had a massive effect on it. You could argue that if she wasn't so religious, maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe something in my head wouldn't have triggered. You maybe know. whatever it was triggered you, triggered her, and she misinterpreted it as, as Jesus. Yeah, maybe. There's so many conspiracies that could come about. There probably will. That's what makes yeah. a great religion, <laughs> yeah. conspiracies. Yeah, yeah. I like them. I think they're quite interesting. Yeah, I love absolutely. different different opinions about it. So, yeah, I think it's great. But, um, yeah, there must have been some effect there. Um, and obviously, you know, going forward you know i i don't know maybe i'll experience more things maybe i won't experience anything else i don't know mm-hmm. i've just got to carry on with my life and and um try and build this religion i suppose yeah, <laughs> this philosophy this you yeah. know only because i believe in it only because i think it's 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 good it's 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 um it's worthwhile yeah it's worthwhile yeah so i mean sometimes there are you know, dark times where you think, gosh, you know, this is more like a curse, really. Because it is a little bit, you know, it's sort of... I've I've not been able to do this, the, the normal things that other teenagers, you know, can do, like go out every weekend. Or I mean, I probably wouldn't do that anyway, but not do you know what much. I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, maybe not, maybe not. But do you know what I mean? I've not had, because this started when I was 15, I've not had like the normal adolescent life right i haven't you know so i've, I've missed out on other things so. we can say yeah if you like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah two bottles of white lightning <laughs> on a park you know yeah on wreck. i think as well it just sort of opened up a, a love for the world a love for, a love for learning mm. i think that's why I, i'm interested in academia you know a love for learning like yourself you know interested in history and are you lucky you found it so young in life yeah i do i mean yeah on the whole i do consider myself you know lucky i'm lucky to have something that that's driving me forward that is very different from the status quo Mm -hmm. so i was i was doing another interview on on monday i had to go up to leeds and um you know this was more about business it was like a business podcast um and he, he just described me as is that we've got a very different guest tonight, you know, but it's, it's, I always get that, you know, very different, but I don't mind that. I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not like some of these young, young, young people nowadays who just Instagram famous and reality TV and, you do, know, do you not watch do something Island? else? <laughs> no, no I, don't, I don't think so. No. <laughs> um, you know, but I'm not really part of that. Well, you know, I don't. I want to represent something. You could say deeper, yeah, bigger, deeper, more yeah. meaningful, yeah, more meaningful. We need that. We need that in the world. I think we do. Yeah, I think but that's a, a great place because um, we're knocking ten past we ten are, now. And we could be yeah. here. Forever. We could go on forever. <laughs> we could. There's so much. Yeah. Well, I'll have to come back at some point yes, and go through some yeah, other yeah, things. Yeah. Oh, everything has a Love to have you back, Commentant. It's been yeah, great. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Um, all the links to the social media will be in the show notes if you're listening via the podcast app, and we'll we'll post it all anyway. Yeah. What's the links to the uh, the events? So, well, yeah, there's the, it's all on my website. So if you go to comitan.org, um, that's one website. And then if you want to learn specifically about astronism, we've got astronism.com, we've got astronism.org, 
Uh, astronism.org is more of a, it's like an encyclopedia. So it's, it's mm. deep. If you really want to learn a lot more deeply about it, just go to astronism.org. If you want to email me directly, um, you can go to help at jessiemillet.com. Um, well, we'll put it in the description yeah. as well. Cause It'll I, all be I, there. I like it when people send me direct emails, you know, you know, I, I like to answer the questions and mm, yeah, yeah. So yeah. forward your spam. <laughs> forward the spam. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, on that note, okay. thanks for coming. Really Thank enjoyed it. Yeah. And we'll Thank see you, you next week. So, yeah. Eavesdroppers. Have a good week. Take it easy. Praise Ciao. Jabulon. Praise, yes. praise Jabulon. We'll come forever. <laughs> Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs>